Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Before we get started, this episode contains themes of environmental collapse, climate change, and extinction, loud noises, and descriptions of fantasy violence. Content warnings and a full transcript are available in the show notes. Homestead on the Corner presents Tales of the Echo Wood. now? Couldn't make it back if I tried. Not in this storm. The firewood is getting low. Well, I'm hardly going to freeze to death with the dragon of fire in here, am I? My fire is not so keen as it should be, Old Stone. Nor will- I'll be fine, alright? They'll send another cart down with fresh supplies as soon as the storm breaks. Just... Leave it. How fare your kin? Uh, my folks, they're, uh, they're well. Struggling a bit, but hanging in there. Why do they struggle? They, uh, the, the people in the village haven't been... There are some people who say that, you know, with the winter like it is, we shouldn't be using our coal and firewood to... uh, um, They blame your family for the fire death. They blame me. My family's just in the village more often. Easier target. 
Not that it stops some of my cousins from buying into it as well. I see. God, I wish I could punch them sometimes. You wish violence upon your kinfolk. What? No, God, no. It's just sometimes I... I don't know. It feels like it would be easier if I could. Simpler. Have you ever chosen the easy way before, Ulfren Oldstone? Have you ever trod the well-worn path, or do you seek your own way, a better way, a way- Yes, yes, all right, I get it. Can we just not talk about it right now? What else is there to speak of? The cold. It is unbroken today as it was yesterday and many days before. The cave. It is unchanged since my arrival. The only events worth speaking of are up on the mountain, where your people dwell. And you seem bound and determined not to speak of them. Why do we need to talk? Can't we just sit here? To not speak when the heart is full says more than silence, Old Stone. You know this well enough. What about your kin? Fire has no kin. The other dragons. You mentioned them when we first met. Can you tell me more about them? Hmm. I suppose I could. I cannot think of any harm that could come of it. And we do have a night to fill, I suppose. Very well, Ulfren Oldstone. I will tell you of my kin. It is not right to say our story has a beginning, for we four existed before time, before the foundations of this Echoward were set down, before history, before the sun began to turn and the days could be counted. Earth, water, air, fire, eldest of all living things, born before the elements and forming them with our being at the bidding of the old god and the maker child. Ours were the first eyes which opened and beheld the unformed Echowood in an age so long forgotten it can hardly be said to have happened at all. But if I tell this as a story, that is where it begins. Firstborn was Earth, the eldest, wisest, and greatest of the dragons. In the west did it rise, formed from the cosmic chaos beyond existence into a shape which stretched across the whole of the world as it was then. Its scales were dark, mottled black and brown, broken here and there with crystal growths that glowed in the dark before the first dawn. Its body was low and wide, with two legs and two short, broad wings upon which it walked, though it would never fly. 
In those days, it had but one head on a long, snaking neck that could reach from the foundations of the Echoid to the roof of the sky. Though in time, many more would grow, like the Hydra of ancient myth. As it woke in the dark, the first living thing in the Echoid, it moved with slow, deliberate care, but not with fear. For it was the dragon of Earth, and the Earth knows no fear. Second came water, closest kin to the chaos which birthed it, vast and mysterious as the sea which formed around its snaking coils as it swam through the pre-existent ether. Green were its flanks, with a sharp crest of night-dark bone, black as the fathomless deep atop its head. Leagues and leagues its sinuous body stretched into the sea, though it was smaller by far than its cousin Earth. Its yellow-gold eyes stared out into the blackness before the sun was made, and it saw all that was. Earth, already ancient in the first moment of creation to the west, and air, just stirring from its slumber far to the south. And yes, after water came air, the artisan, the painter of light, fairest and most beauteous of our kind, swimming through the sky as its flanks began to shine with light of every hue and shade. Before sun, moon, or stars, the light of air illuminated the darkened echoed from on high. A wingless serpent but still it flew, its four small limbs trailing beneath it as it cut through the air to the highest reaches of existence, then curled into a twisting aurora far above. The half-formed sea shone in the brilliance of my closest cousin's art, and the dark eyes of Earth shone almost with tears. And then, last and least of all, came I. Fire, smallest, youngest, fiercest, proudest. My wings stretched barely a hundred feet across. The flame of my breath was bright, but would hardly trouble the least of my kin. I woke almost unnoticed in the east of the world, in the place where the sun was yet to rise, and gave a great roar that shook the ancient Echowood as I expelled the great blast of flame into the half-dark. But a moment later, my roar was drowned out by the bellowing call of Earth and the storm-like call of air. Perhaps water sang too, though its cries were too deep and secret to be understood by any of the other dragons. Our song filled the Echowood, and with it was Echowood fully born. Earth and water and air and fire, rising at our call and filling the void of our birth with the designs of the creators. The mountains rose high above the firstborn, rich soil giving birth to the shining trees of the ancient Echo Wood, wreathed in silver and gold. The sea filled its bounds and crashed against the shores as lakes and rivers bubbled and flowed in the forest beyond. 
Great clouds formed in the once vacuum above, and in the dark before day, the first stars twinkled to life upon the great disk of the sky. And as I roared again, trying desperately to be heard, the sun rose at my back, outshining any fire I could ever breathe. Where it shone, other lives began to spring forth from the depths of the Echo Wood, the titanic beasts of prehistory, whose names were never spoken, and whose forms are long buried in the depths of the underworld, consumed by the dragon of Earth. The small scurrying things that live and breathe in their billions unseen, unknown, and unmarked, swarmed and multiplied beneath the trees. The fish and whales and sharks and crabs of the great sea rose from the impenetrable darkness of its depths to witness the first sunrise as the first age of the Echo would sprang to life, and all my cousins rejoiced to see it. But I, I hardly marked its coming. My call had been first in the Echo Wood, my breath its first warmth, but both had been entirely overshadowed by the roars of my kin and the coming of the sun. Earth, my elder, already laid burrowed in the depths of the Echo Wood in the death-like half-slumber of the shades. Water surfaced only briefly from the waves to behold the sun before diving back into the fathomless dark below, and air, my brother and sister and closest elder kin, curled and danced in the sunlit sky far above, all but invisible to any eyes but mine, and to my gaze. Its eyes and thoughts and mind seemed hardly to regard me and my pride could not bear it. I could have called to air. I could have lifted my voice into a song once more and stirred its heart to wonder. I could have realized that, small as I was, I would barely be noticed by such a great and wondrous being. But I did none of these things. I acted without thought, but not without reason. For I will not pretend it was a madness or passion that overtook me. I am a dragon. I am the spirit of fire. And though my reason burns hot with the fire of emotion, it is a reason that is not so easily overwhelmed. And my reason? Pure jealousy. Spite. Pride, And so upon the wing I rose higher and higher than I was ever meant to fly. Above the tallest mountains, above the thunderheads already forming at my approach, almost to the place where the sun turns between the Echo Wood and the stars. And there, my cousin at last saw me as I tore through the clouds Fangs bared, talons sharp, flames blazing as I barreled into the side of the dragon of air. Long we 
grappled the strength and size and patience of my older cousin against the fire of my unbridled rage, I was less than a bothersome sparrow against its titanic bulk, but it did not wish to fight me, or at the very least, it did not want to harm me. Knowing the true danger such wounds posed to all the world below, it sought to turn my attacks aside as gently as possible, keeping its claws retracted and its teeth away from my flanks. But I showed it no such courtesy. I bit, I clawed, I scorched its beautiful shimmering scales with the heat of a thousand furnaces, and yet it seemed unscathed. It pushed me back again and again, and I tore into it once more with renewed anger. Day turned to night as the sun completed its arc and my kin began to shimmer into azure radiance. Stabbed here and there with gouts of orange flames, I poured out my rage. And yet our strength did not falter. In that first day of creation, our powers were limitless, and we had both just woken from the sleep of eons. I would not rest until I'd proved myself the stronger of us two. The strongest of all dragons. It mattered not that it was untrue. It mattered not that I was weakest and smallest of our kin, and any fool could see it. My heart burned with an anger I thought to be well earned, and as I wheeled into the sky and plunged once more towards my sister brother, that anger poured out in a roar and blast of flame that shone brightest blue as it crashed against the head of the dragon of air, and in that moment, my kinfolk had opened its mouth. Perhaps it wished to speak a warning. Perhaps it was trying to roar and frighten me off my course. Perhaps it was trying to match my attack in turn. After all, who's to say my kinfolk cannot breathe out the energies of their elements in the same way I breathe fire? It has never been seen, but they are far more peaceful creatures than I. No matter what it sought to do, the dragon of air opened its mouth as the flames of my wrath crashed against its head, and the protection of its scales and thicker hide gave way to the soft lining of its insides. Its flesh bubbled and cracked in the ferocious heat, and my kin gave the first cry of pain the echoed had ever heard, though it was drowned out a moment later as the air below us turned suddenly to flame. I had forgotten, or perhaps chosen to forget, that we were both more than beasts, more than animals, more than simple living things, our forms shaped and were shaped by the elements themselves. Air and fire gave life by our lives. We were more than just spirits of those elements, more than mere representations of their form. We were those elements, in a very real sense. And the war between fire and air in the sky above kindled the air below into a firestorm that swept across the Echowood in an instant. Every inch of the forest blazed and crackled with an oven-like heat, and in a moment, all 
the golden trees of the Echowood, and ashen, and black. The great beasts, the winged reptiles, and the many tusked titans, the Jotun of yore, and the great trolls above the mountains, caught flame with the trees, and all animals too large to bury themselves in burrows, or caves, or the softest earth of the forest were soon little more than ash and soot and bone. Only those living in the depths of my cousin's great sea were truly safe, and many descendants of that primeval world still dwell below those waves. But upon the surface of the newborn Echowood, the first age of life ended as it blazed into the scorching hell of a false sunrise. I felt the burning the moment it began. Of course I did. It was the first fire to ever shine beneath the trees, and the first which I did not breathe into being. I felt my power and my being pour out into it, shaping and fueling the flickering tongues of death, and I knew what it meant. I knew I'd made a horrible mistake. My breath caught in my throat and the gout of flame which scorched my cousin failed. And yet the flames burned still, fed by the endless fuel of a world burning. The dragon of air convulsed with pain as it tried to remain aloft, but I... I hovered on wings that beat almost without thought as I stared down at the dead and blackened Echowood, dead at my head. The smell of charred flesh and feather and hair rose to meet me as the dragon of air fell towards the far-off waters of the great sea. Far above, the stars seemed to flicker and darken as though they too had burned for the briefest of moments before being snuffed out by my arrogance. And though the fire within me blazed as hot and bright as it ever would, my heart felt cold. It felt as if all things were ending, dying before their time. And my power was not strong enough to stop it. As I watched, the dragon of air drew near the far-off waves. And as it did, the dragon of water rose once more from its depths. I did not see what happened then. I was too far off, and my eyes were bleary with tears that smoked and steamed from the heat. But I saw the dragon of water raise its head to meet the dragon of air. And as it did, something new happened. The clouds, turned to thunder by my rage and scattered by my war, began to collect once more in the ash-choked sky, and from them poured a rain like none the Echowood has ever seen, or will ever see again. A cleansing rain which doused the flames consuming the land and washed the ashes down, down, down the rivers and streams and into the sea. In a matter of minutes, the Echowood was dark and quiet once more, and as I stared in disbelief through the scattering clouds, I heard a deep, rumbling roar from underground as the dragon of earth began once again to move. The ground below shifted in slow and rolling waves as great rifts opened up in the hearts of 
burned valleys and at the feet of the blackened mountains as the Echowood itself seemed to turn inside out the black, dead earth was subsumed and replaced by verdant, growing fields and trees, not of gold or silver, but of green and autumn hues. Not one hour since I had attacked my sister cousin and burned it in my rage, it and my brother Kit had restored the face of the Echowood, in lesser shades perhaps, but better than charred ash. And yet, something still was missing, something vital. Upon the surface of the world, many insects and small animals yet scurried, and below the sea life still flourished in its uncounted forms. But much of the life that once flourished beneath the sun was gone, and would perhaps take many centuries to return. It had been wiped out all at once within the first day of creation by my pride, and I knew that any number of calamities might snuff it out before it could be fully restored. And I realized then my purpose. I was smaller and weaker and more foolish than the other dragons, my kin, but I alone of us four was close enough, near enough, foolish enough to risk myself for the sake of the many living beings within the Echo Wood. And so I would, and I did, and I will, until the sun goes dark once more at the ending of all days. <sighs> you know, you're not half as clever as you think you are. <laughs> now, whatever do you mean, old friend? I was just giving you what you asked for. <laughs> what I needed, more like. Hmm. I think I'll head back with the next supply cart. See if I can't talk some sense into my cousins. Hmm. I think that would be wise, child. Storm's getting worse. It will end. In its time. Tales of the Echo Wood, Minisode 1, Offrin's Dragon, starring Saw Morant as the Dragon of Fire and Julian Daly as Offrin Oldstone, with original music by Jesse Hogan. Written by Van Winkle and produced by Virginia Spots, with dialogue editing and sound design by Van Winkle. To learn more about the series and listen to our other podcasts, visit echowoodpod.com. If you've enjoyed this story, feel free to connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at EchoWoodPod, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice, or support further tales at patreon.com slash homesteadcorner. I'm Van Winkle. And I'm Virginia. This is Homestead on the Corner. And you're listening to Tales of the Echo.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.